Welcome to the Have It All Marriage for the Have It All Life podcast, where your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. And that's really what we're here to talk about is how to do it God's way. And today I want to talk about something in particular. What do you do when your wife tells you, I just want you to be the man and fix it? Now, I have to admit the first time that I heard that I didn't have a clue. See, I did this little evaluation in my head. I wasn't beating on her. I wasn't cheating on her. I was working hard, making money, bringing it home, sharing it with her. I was home every night I could be. I was calling her every night I couldn't because I had to travel for work. I was remembering her birthdays and remembering her anniversary. I was taking her out on dates, trying to be a good dad, trying to be a good husband. I mean, really, man. For the average guy, he thinks that he's knocking it out of the park if that's what he's doing. And what is, what is the sad realization that every man will eventually come to is that those things are not even the price of admission. So when she says she wants you to be the man, if we look at this, men create certainty. Men take a stand and they create that certainty and they take that stand in the face of danger, in the face of bodily harm, in the face of not getting their needs met, in the face of not getting what they want. Now, if you want to know who is not being the man, it is the guys out there who are trolling me saying that I'm a simp or a cuck or an incel because I love my wife as Christ loved the church. See, that's where all of this comes from. It comes from Ephesians 5 and verse 25. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Christ did not count himself in the idea of I'm going to live to a ripe old age of 35 or 40 or 90 or 100 or 150. He knew his days were numbered at 33 and he was willing to do it. He walked into battle knowing what was going to happen because it is a self-sacrificial type of love. So as we unpack this idea of what did Christ do for us, he suffered in our place. Now, here's an option for how you can be the man. When your wife has created problems and made mistakes and caused problems in her own life, and those problems spill over into yours, for a guy who is not being the man, it is a very easy thing to do to look at her and think, well, she made her bed, let her lie in it or at least rub her face in the fact that she made her bed. Maybe you warned her, maybe you, maybe you told her, don't do that or something's gonna happen, or you'd better do something or something's gonna happen. And then what happens? It blows up in her face, and now she's looking at you to be the man, for you to come in on your white horse and rescue her. Now, I know what you're thinking, man. This should work two ways. It should work two ways. She does this to me all the time. She's like, you better, you better check that fuel tank. You better stop and get gas. And then you're like, nah, we got plenty. And then you run out of gas. Now, is she going to offer to walk to the gas station? <laughs> no, she is not. You made your bed. You got to lie in it. But when she does something like that, she's going to call you. Like if she runs out of gas and you're not in the car, if you're being the man or she believes you can be the man, she's going to call you. She's going to call you to come bail her out. 
while she turns around and she doesn't bail you out of your mistakes. This is classic Ephesians 5.25. This is classic loving your wife as Christ loved the church. Jesus is not sinning and, and in need of us to bail him out. But if he did, he would not look to us to bail him out. That is not the way he operates. The way he operates is he had something he had to face called torture, ridicule, being mocked, being spit on, being beaten with cat or nine tails, being crowned, being pierced, being killed at the hands of the very people who he created. He doesn't ask us to do that, man. So when you love your wife as Christ loved the church, and there is an opportunity to suffer in her place, even if she's the one who created the suffering, even if she deserves to suffer because of her own sin or because of her own bad behavior or because of her own, and I'm going to say stupidity, but I'm, we all have that stupidity, man. Any guy who's run out of gas, any guy who doesn't check his oil, any guy who has, you know, been texting and driving and backed over a mailbox. I mean, come on, man. We all do stupid things. When your wife does stupid things, if you bail her out of them, especially if there's an opportunity for you to suffer in her place, that is being the man. That is not being a simp. That is not being a cuck. That is not being an incel. That is being strong. It takes the strongest man in the room to be able to say, there is a problem in my world that I did not create, but I will take responsibility for fixing it, and I will suffer so that the people who I love do not have to. So number one, suffer in her place, whether she created it and deserves to suffer or not, to the extent possible. Number two, what did Jesus do? He said to the disciples, and the first time I read this, I was shocked. Because he, he washed their feet. And then he said, because I have washed your feet, and I completely expected the next part of that sentence to be, now you wash mine. But that's not how our Lord and Savior operates. He said, because I have washed yours, now you wash each other's. In other words, he's saying, I'm willing to stoop to the lowest level to get down on my hands and knees and wash your feet and not even ask or require that you do it in exchange. I will be your servant. I will make sure that you are clean. I will make sure that you are comfortable. And I'm not asking for what's in it for me. This idea of serving without any expectation of being served. That is part two of how to be the man. Part three of how to be the man is that when your wife does not do these things back for you, and by the way, let me just go ahead and state for the record, she is commanded to by her Lord and Savior. She is constantly prompted to by the Holy Spirit, by the example of God the Father. The entire Trinity is urging and commanding her to serve you in that way. Go read Proverbs 31. Go read Ephesians where the woman is to submit to her husband as though unto the Lord. So you have every right in your ego. You have every right in your flesh. You have every right in the, in the, in the exchange of human relationships to expect and even demand that she is doing this for you. And yet, you really have no right. Because if you're loving her the way that Christ loved the church, 
then you are forgiving her a thousand times a second for when she does not do it back. So how does that look, brothers? Well, it looks like this. She says stuff to you that is hurtful. Does that mean you can say it back? No. The guys on the internet who say that I'm a simp or a cuck, they probably think, yeah, if she says it to me, it's fair game to say it back. But that's not what Jesus did. She creates a problem of suffering. Should I let her suffer? No, I will take that on. I will fix that problem. The, the, the people thinking cucks and incels probably think, no, she should made her bed, she should lay in it. And if I'm going to do all this stuff for her, I'm going to be suffering in her place, and I'm going to be serving her without expectation, and I'm expecting it back in my flesh and my ego, and when that doesn't happen, the people on the internet saying that I'm a cuck or an incel probably think that I should not forgive her, that I should walk away, that I shouldn't let her walk all over me. Is that what Jesus did? No, man. Three things to be in the man, as far as Ephesians 5.25. Suffer in her place, serve her without expectation of being served in return, and forgive her when she doesn't do those two things for you. Now this is layer one of Ephesians 5.25. Over the years we have unpacked 112 layers of what Ephesians 5.25 means. How to be the man, how to be that kind of husband, how to make her feel seen and heard and held and loved and cherished. And by the way, part of this is not that you do this with an attitude, not that you do this with anger, not that you do this with resentment, not that you do this in the hope of getting anything. See, if you've got, if you're doing this because you want to get something, that's the mama's boy. That's the little boy who she loses all sexual attraction to. If you're doing this because you're actually doing it for your Lord and Savior because he did it for you, that's the guy who she wants to wrap her arms and legs around and not let go of. So that's why I talk about there's this internal game and there's this external game. What I've just been teaching on is this external game of looking for suffering in her life, looking for suffering in her near future, and either trying to remove that suffering before she runs into it in a way that is not controlling, not demeaning, not smothering, but loving. And if you just can't help it and she walks into this, this, this time of suffering, that you either take that on or you suffer with her so she knows she's not alone, like, these things are external games. These are outer king games. But the thing is, man, if you try to do these outer king games and you have not ascended your inner king, in other words, you don't have the right attitude about it, she's going to see right through it. She's going to see that you just don't want your life to change or you just want her to be more interested behind closed doors. And that kind of stuff, man, that, that falls flat. That's not why Jesus did what he did for us. He did what he did for us out of love. And, and, and respect for his father. And so you do this for her out of love and for respect for your Lord and Savior. And when you do that and she sees you following him like that, see, here's the thing, those trolls with the cucks and the simps and the insults, they don't understand. When you do this long enough and consistently enough, 
what ends up happening is your wife comes to understand that you have become the flame and she has become the moth and she does not want to lose you. She does not want to lose you, brother. And inside of that space, she will begin to follow. She will begin to follow your lead. Why? Well, her own self-interest, for one thing, she doesn't want to lose you. But don't forget that God coded into her DNA too, this idea of sanctification, of becoming more like Jesus. She knows she's called to that. She knows she's called to a place where she is willing to suffer in your place so that you don't have to. She knows that she is called to a, a place where she will serve you without expectation of being served. She knows that she is called to a place of forgiving you a thousand times a second, if that's what it takes to look at you without spot or wrinkle, as though you are perfect. She's not going there until you go first. God wired that into her DNA too. You are the leader. You are the head of the wife. You rule over her. These are words directly out of Scripture, Genesis 3.16 and Ephesians. Now, does that mean that she always has to submit to you? Well, go read Ephesians a little more carefully, because the first thing it says is submit to one another. That's a talk for another podcast. But what I want to tell you, brother, is if you will do this in service to your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and not for any selfish reason, your wife will take note of it. And she will begin to follow. You will truly become her spiritual leader. She will ask you how you were able to make this change. And then what you do is you start leading and teaching her. She biblically submits to you. Not in a way where you get to order her around, brother. But in a way where you continue to lead with the moral authority that you have earned by treating her that way in the first place. That's what it means to be the man. Lead her in Christ-like behaviors. So if you want to understand more about leading your wife, you can go check out my other podcast, leadyourwife.com. And if you want to understand more about how to become this version of you, my brothers, understand that's inside you right now today. There is a version of you inside you right now today who can pull this off. There's a version of you right now inside you today who is strong enough who is smart enough, who is wise enough, who is kind enough, who is compassionate enough, who is in control of his own motions enough, control of, of his own actions enough. But the problem is he's buried under the lies, buried under Satan's lies, because Satan wants to destroy your marriage. He hates marriage so much, he couldn't wait to destroy the first one. Unpacking those lies, figuring that stuff out, and then reprogramming yourself. Look, man, the scriptures tell us to do this. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5. Capture every thought and make it obedient to Christ. If you want to understand how to do that, at the deepest level, to make the fastest transformation, to become this kind of man so that your wife doesn't tell you to be the man, she thanks you for being the man then head on over to www.realmanrevolution.com www.realmanrevolution.com Fill out our application. We don't work with everyone. Only the guys we believe we can help. If you're accepted, we'll give you a free consultation with one of our alumni. A guy who started 
where you are today and who solved all of these problems and now has a wife who believes that he is being the man almost all the time. And when he's not, her course corrections are gentle and loving and playful and things get back on track quickly. If that's the kind of marriage you want, www.realmanrevolution.com and I'll see you on the other side.